Good morning, church. So lovely to see so many faces. I consider it a privilege to be able to share what's in my heart today as we've started this series of Game Changers. What I'd like to share is really picking up from last week's story, which was um, about that great miracle of Jesus feeding 5,000 people. The thing that touches me about that story is that it really starts with a little boy who, in my mind, hears Jesus turning around, speaking to the disciples, and asking them what they could use to feed all these people. Jesus hears the rumbles of their tummies. (laughs) That's an amazing thing. And when this happens, the disciples and the adults, they go into a philosophical and accounting discussion about a crisis. That's what it is for them. But the little boy, he hears this, and he hears it's got something to do with lunch and feeding people, and he comes forward, and he brings his lunch. He turns it over to Andrew, who then brings it to Jesus. That became the substance of the miracle that Jesus could use that and feed the 5,000 people. Franklin shared the story, so I'm not going to go into that. But I want to start from the end of the story. Jesus does something extraordinary at the end of that. And verse 12 in John 6 says, When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up. The fragments, the fragments that re- remain, that nothing be lost. So feeding the 5,000 and the miracle of dividing that meager lunch amongst 5,000 people to Jesus, to God, was not enough. What had started as an accounting discussion about the absurdity of Jesus' request became a reckoning of how much Jesus has done with the boy's ridiculous offer. Jesus says, gather up the fragments. And in my heart, I feel feel the Holy Spirit as we come to this point of worship today as we gather, that the Spirit of God is asking us, wherever we are in our lives, to gather up the fragments. So the story that I'd like to share comes from the book of Ruth, and it begins with a woman who's doing just that. She's gathering up the fragments of her life. She had been broken by life. It's not pretty. The narrator of this account gives us the backstory, and it's narrated in Ruth chapter 1 from verse 1 to 7. And we are told that Naomi and her husband, they had moved from Bethlehem to Moab because there had been a famine. In the process, her husband had died. The two sons that she had left with with her husband, they then married. But then, they died. (laughs) And they left no children behind. Tragic circumstances that leave Naomi desolate in a foreign land. She finds herself 
as a head of a family with two daughters-in-law and now with a role that she probably didn't see coming. And the question that hits her is how on earth will they survive? If you think back, this is the question that had arisen for them when she and her husband had made the decision to leave Bethlehem and move to Moab. They had made a decision that would ensure that their family survives. And I think it's a time right now when some of us, some of those that are close to us, are left with what looks like just fragments of their lives. Nothing like what they dreamed their lives would be. This pandemic in my part of the world is continuing to ravage families losing three, four members of the family within spaces of weeks. People are left reeling. The move to Moab should have taken care of the question about survival. But now she has to address that decision of survival on her own, and no one had prepared her for this. And if you think about that question of survival, Even though we've evolved as a species, we don't think about it, but survival is in the core of our beings. Every decision we make, if you distill it down, it is about how do I survive. Sometimes surviving the moments. We cheat, we lie, we'll do whatever just to survive. Sometimes for the moment, sometimes for tomorrow, but our decisions about how are we going to live. And I think God is speaking right into that situation. Naomi then gathers the fragments, of her life, the fragments of her life and makes a difficult journey back. And it calls her to reverse a decision that she had made. On the journey, she realizes, verse 8, that she is the one that made the decision. And she turns around to her daughters-in-law who had walked with her. And she kisses them and she thanks them profusely and she releases them. She says, you go back to your own people because I have made a decision. And she made the decision on the strength of what she had heard. She had heard at the time that uh, God, the Lord, had come in aid of his people, providing food for them. So she and her daughters prepared and went on the journey. And so when she says it the first time she releases them, her daughters turn around and say, we want to go with you. They journey along and you can see that the gravity of this decision that she has taken. Because I think we all have to take our journeys based on a decision we are making. And those are game-changing decisions when we decide to walk into God's provision. And this is what Naomi was doing. But it wasn't enough for her to carry Ruth and Orpah. They had to make up their minds. And the thing that elevates it for me from just a decision where they were talking and it's just as the narrator of the story gives it to us, it's just something that is happening in a family. And so you can see it as just a domestic thing. But what Ruth's response to Naomi shows us that there was something that Ruth had seen in Naomi that was beyond just mother-in-law and daughter-in-law. And she says, do not urge me to leave you or turn back. Turn my back on you, because where you will go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will become my people. 
But then the thing that really does it for me, she says, your God will be my God. And that thing for me says, even though Naomi was at her lowest, it wasn't pretty. She was broken, but there was something about her that was shining the light of God that makes this woman say, I can't afford to go back to my gods and my people where there's no God. I want to go to your God. And so this became a game-changing decision to walk into God's provision. And Naomi, the weight of this decision continues to plague her, and you can hear her talking about it, and she says, don't call me Naomi. She is playing it around in her head, and she's playing out what will happen when they get back to that. Because they had made a decision. They had a choice, you see. They had made a decision to leave behind the famine and go to better places. And this morning, I was just saying that you can... I can imagine she's playing it out and she can hear the voices of criticism that she's going to find. What on earth did they think they were doing anyway, leaving us behind? You know, us women, we can be cruel sometimes. And maybe that's what was heavy in her mind as she calls herself, as she says, don't call me Naomi anymore. She's rehearsing it. And that's exactly what she says when they get there. She says, don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara because my life is bitter. But the thing about Naomi is she had forgotten what God had done about bitterness. We are told in the book of Exodus from verse 25b to 26. And the children of God had been wandering in the wilderness three days without water. Can you imagine that? It was not pretty. They were tired. They were complaining. And they come to a pool of water. And we are told that when they took a drink of this water that they saw, They turned around and said, it's bitter. We cannot drink this. But see what God does is that right there in Mara, we are told it was there at Mara that the Lord said before him the following decree as a standard to to test their faithfulness to him. He said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping his decrees, then I will not let you, I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. So when we walk past our pain and all those things that James was reminding us the other day to walk beyond and push into this God of ours, where his provision is, we're going to find that this is the God who heals us and restores us and makes us well. And the thing that hits me as well is that Naomi didn't promise Ruth anything. She didn't promise him Boaz. So Ruth makes this decision and a journey to God and his provision just based on what she has seen. So even though she is bitter and broken, but there's still something distinctive about her faith in this God that Ruth wants to go and be where this God is. And so like Rahab's in uh, Rahab's story um, that we learned about last week, she, Ruth puts herself in God's provision and he, she places herself where God is. So there's something about these women who push in against everything and want to be where the Lord is. There's also another person who does a similar thing about making a decision and changing cause and going to where God is. And we're told about 
the younger son in the book of Luke chapter 15. We are told in verse 14 that after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the, pogs, with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And then verse 17 comes along. It says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. There is something about gathering the fragments of our lives. So whether you've been damaged, hurt, you don't, you, you feel like there's no hope for your life, God is calling you back into his provision. Whether like this one, you have wandered away from God's promise and you find yourself in a place where you're far away from God, you could make a game-changing decision to walk back into what God has in store for you. So whether your fragments are based on that your life has been so blessed and you're gathering blessing, there's room to go back to God. Or whether your, your fragments are what's left over from not what you wanted or what you want and you feel like you are broken and you can't see a way through, God is calling you and you could make a game-changing decision to walk back into God's provision. And if you have no life like this young man who had walked away from what God had, he's still calling you back into his provision. And he says, gather everything so that nothing will be lost. God is not, doesn't want to lose your, to, you to lose what he wants and has in store for you through your pain and just in closing Hebrews 11 verse 6 for without faith it is impossible to please God for everyone who comes to God has to necessarily believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of all those who diligently seek him so let us press into what God has in store for us today Amen. Amen.